What's up, everyone? This is Josh, co-founder of Urban Valor. Welcome to another episode of the Urban Valor podcast. Our guest today is Marine veteran Joel Ramirez. He grew up in Salem, Oregon and found himself getting into a lot of fights. Joel enlisted into the National Guard. However, his older brother was enlisted in the Marines and forced Joel to retract his enlistment so he can go to the Marines as well. He enlisted into the Marine Corps as an 0311 rifleman. Joel had a rough time as a new Marine and endured a lot of hazing. He had the opportunity to experience many different cultures overseas. Upon transitioning out, Joel found himself depressed and attempted suicide by cop. Eventually, he pulled himself out of the darkness and began attending paralegal school to be able to help veterans through what he's experienced. If you enjoy this episode, go give us a five-star rating and leave a comment to help support our veterans. The bigger the community, the bigger the impact. If you'd like to contribute your story to Urban Valor and know anyone else who may, reach out to us on Instagram at UrbanValorTV or you can email us at team at UrbanValor.com. Enjoy the show. My name is Joel Ramirez. Uh, I served four years active duty, um, about four years reserves. Um, I got out of active duty a corporal, and I got out of reserves as a sergeant. And, and what, what years did you serve? 2008, 2012 for active duty, and then reserves, I did 2015 to 2019, almost 2020. And um, what, what, what job did you initially sign up to do? 0311 Infantry, the only job I know how to do. <laughs> Born, raised, Salem, Oregon. Um, pretty much middle of nowhere. Graduation class is 200. Um, pretty much was living in the middle of nowhere. Cornfields everywhere. This house versus Salem. I grew up in small towns like Staten, Turner, Omzo. Um, but yeah, just growing up with chickens and stuff. Uh, my upbringing, um, my parents were one of the first, uh, Hispanic families, I guess you say, to have a Hispanic store, uh, in Oregon. One of the area that we were at first back in the early 90s. Um, kind of raised in the store have a time, raised at home with my parents. My mom, I love her to death. She was maybe a little overprotective. Um, but also at the same time, if she's watching this, I want to let her know that uh you know, I give her shit about it. Um, that if it wasn't for her being overprotective, I probably wouldn't be in the military, probably be on the streets with gangs, drugs, all that crazy stuff. Do you ever get into any kind of trouble or anything uh growing up? Um, I remember uh, they were trying to jump a new kid that kind of protected him, and I ended up getting the one getting beaten said, and um, and just because I was a little wanted me chole back then, uh, I had a knife on me, and they kind of expelled me from that. Um, so uh, because of that, I spent most of the majority of the high school time in alternative school, which kind of helped me a lot because uh, it was more easier, more more self sufficient, uh, more at my own pace, and I was able to graduate with a higher GPA. Instead of uh, back in middle school and high school, like kind of like not doing too good. Cause I used to like bullshit my mom saying that uh, I would give my homework to Rowdy. I still want to do my homework, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, what inspired me to join the military was um, this my parents, it didn't really inspire me to join the military. It was just like my parents wanted me to do something good in my life and see how my brother was kind of successful when he joined the Marines. Um, they wanted me to kind of persuade or pursue the the same steps that he was taking. And one of the steps was uh, my mom put me in, was trying to give me to the National Guard to sign up. And I was um, kind of, as I said, I joined the military at first because I didn't know better. I had an ignorant mind, small, small town mind. Um, I always thought if you go join the military, you would go to war and die. That type of mentality. I didn't know there's different jobs that West is in the military until, um, until I was getting more into looking into it when my mom took me a National Guard recruiter. Um, 
show me join National Guard career because I'm more at home. Uh, plus, I get I could be local and stuff. Uh, as well as um, just getting my game me build up to join to it. Um, <clears throat> but the only thing was my older brother. He was since he was in Marines for eight years. Halfway through, he wasn't fond of me touching National Guard. I remember one time uh, he visited us on leave and he kind of dragged me out of the band. Uh, said I was, I was like, "Fuck the National Guard! I'm joining. Uh, I'm gonna join the Marine Corps." Which at first I was pretty upset about, you know. I remember freaking not through tantrum, but knocking my shit out of my room, all angry at it. And then the following week, uh, I get called from a recruit from Marines, and I was like, "Okay, you know what? Fuck it! I was give it a try." Um, and then my brother just took me to the recruiting station, and that's when. I ended up signing the papers for that. Um, even though I really kind of signed up with the National Guard, it wasn't really too much of stone, just more going to match, getting the whole process done. Uh, I do tell my National Guard recruiter, like, that I'm not going to join the National Guard anymore, it's going to join the Marine Corps instead. Um, and I know it was kind of a weird situation because I didn't want to, because uh, I was kind of cool with him, I didn't kind of want to um, upset him about it. But then later he understood that I was kind of pressured into it and he still was cool about me joining the Marine Corps and no hard feelings and stuff. I didn't know too much what other jobs were in the military, you know? Uh, all we know is what, shooting guns, all that crazy shit. I know my brother was an AP, uh, so but I didn't want to join AP route. I was not really anti-cop, but I just, you know, I'd rather do something else, you know? I love cops, you know what I mean? My friends are cops, blue eyes matter, so don't get me wrong. Uh, but... Um, but I, I didn't know what else was out there, you know? So the only thing I knew was just shooting or know their job for shooting and stuff. So, uh, and on top of that, knowing how pressure, my parents were kind of pressuring me to join the military when I didn't want to join at first, I decided to just go to uh, 03 Infantry. That's where they were going to put me in uh, combat engineer. But uh, when I joined the Marine Corps, they had me 03 11 Infantry just because I had, like, the recruiter didn't tell me, like, what else is out there, you know? He didn't tell me there's easy jobs, you know? He didn't tell me there's admin. He didn't tell me there's things where you don't do shit. You get promoted quicker and sit on your ass, which I wish I could have done, but live life with no regrets. I'm pretty proud of what I choose 03113. What was boot camp like for you? Boot camp, uh, it was interesting. You know, um, uh, I didn't take it seriously at first, to be honest with you. I ended up being a shitbag um, just for a little bit. Well, towards m- majority, you know, I mean, it's kind of weird shitbag to sergeant. Um, I I was not taking it serious at first, you know. Um, especially I kind of feel like grew up in a Hispanic household. They kind of prep you for if you're doing military and you grew up in a Hispanic household, they kind of prep you for it because you know our parents whoop our asses and shit discipline wise, and um, and when you join the military, like you they yell at you, do all that stuff. It's pretty much just them yelling at you, but they can't touch you. So and seeing kids who never been yelled at start crying and breaking down. And I'm like, this is what mom does to me the other weekend. You know, it doesn't affect me at all. Um, it just kind of was a joke to me. You know, it was, it was funny seeing how people get degraded. It was funny how what names they call me. You know, I couldn't really take it serious. It was more uh, when I was getting more, I think, homesick. I think I think one time I had a dream that I was stuck at home. And I woke up and it turns out I was in the squad bay. And I was like, fuck, it was just a dream, you know. And get, getting just from being away from home was just the hardest. Other than that. It wasn't that bad, to be honest, you know? Yeah. Um, what about the School of Infantry? SOI, I feel like SOI is still more tougher with the heists. Like, the heists were the most brutal heists ever had, you know, to be real. Compared to the ones we have the fleet, I don't know what other units have for their heists, but for 2-7, the desert wasn't that bad. It was more it's simple pace, um, even helping to the field loss. But SOI was just 
because I didn't, I wasn't used to hiking, you know, and I have small, like little legs, you know, and I remember freaking my feet would be killing me. I'd be dropping out and I'd be kind of depressed about it because next thing you knew it, I'll be held back for Livo. Can't go out. I'd be stuck on base because I felt a hike, you know, and, but eventually later, um, I built up my legs once I joined the fleet. And that's so why they give you paper, like, oh, which train, which, um, unit station you want to get destined to. I think it's all BS, you know. I try to sign up for Camp Peloton and hopefully for us a cool like infantry unit out here in Camp Peloton and be with my brother. Unfortunately, um I got to the 29 palms. And I remember the the school structure was giving us so much shit. Be like they were like, oh if you think you're giving you so much shit, you think this is bad, wait till you hit the fucking fleet. You're gonna be eating that live. And Oh, my first time, I didn't really take it. Well, I, I did take it serious, but I didn't understand, like, what worse can this get? You know what I mean? My God, I was fucking wrong, you know? When I hit, uh, I hit 2 7. It says, they sent all of us to 2 7, the other half or a quarter, mostly the weapon guys, to North Carolina. I forgot what, you know, I think 2 2 or something like that. I could be wrong. Um, <clears throat> and I remember going to 29 Palms. Of all places, 29 Palms, the middle of fucking nowhere, where the nearest, the nearest place to go to is Walmart, 45 minutes away, uh, Yucca Valley or Joshua Tree. Um, I never remember getting there. It's all snowy. Um, it was just a weird climate that I never got used to, expecting to be all desert. Uh, this is back in December 2008. Um, and as well as when we got there, we didn't have any seniors yet because our seniors from 2-7 were coming back from, um, from post deployment leave from Afghanistan and, uh, it was just, it was kind of cool the first couple of weeks because we didn't, we didn't get like, we, we thought it was the place going to be like this kind of chill and stuff. And boy, we were wrong about that shit too. We're fucking, our, our students came back from post-spell leave. They fucked us up pretty bad. You know what I mean? Some scary shit. I remember, um, uh, they barged into my fucking room. They put a knife to my roommate's throat, threatening to kill him and shit. And and not they didn't do the knife to me but they saw i was fucking shaking i was scared i remember fucking i had the shakes i was like so like uh nervous and shit i was like fuck what's going to happen to me you know what i mean and what well, seriously ended up kicking me out of my own room and i went downstairs all like sad not sad but kind of like scared and nervous um to another buddy's room with that's who i with who was a different company and i crashed into his room but um, yeah, dude, it was just kind of like a, a reality check, you know, like we're, we didn't expect what we were going to expect to us, you know, one of the guys, uh, who were hazing us that night, I remember being out, uh, when I first got on the Marine Corps, I saw a 24 hour fitness. I go to, I was like, I was, I'm so, I was cool with them, you know, we're cool and shit. And I was like, Hey, motherfucker, remember the time you went, you were in our room trying to haze us through and you put a knife there by my roommate's throat, this and that. He, he like, the first thing he did, he apologized. He goes like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. It's part tradition. And I was like, okay, but I didn't give a shit, you know, but I was really over it. You know what I mean? So Maybe who I am today, right? You mentioned uh, to me that uh, when you got dropped to your unit, the the unit was having a problem with uh, suicide. Yeah, the unit was having a big problem with suicide. Um, and, and I can see why. Because it's just... Because our our unit, our unit 2-7 got pretty fucked up by gas. And all my CRs got fucked up, you know? Some aren't the same. To this day, like, some are still taking lives, you know? And we're trying hard. Like, I know we have Facebook groups to make sure that we check on each other, make sure we reach out to each other. But some sometimes it's, it's it's hard to get to somebody. You know, once a week have somebody who cries wolf, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna do this, do that, depressed, and next to they're fine, you know, and I'm not lie. There's times where I've been depressed. I didn't say I'll kill myself, but you know, I I post messages where, oh, I'm by my like like holidays or I'm with the rough time and shit, you know what I mean? And 
and I'm, I would, yeah, I'll probably be drinking and shit. But then next morning, I'm like so embarrassed about it. I'm like, fuck, you know? But, um, yeah, our unit had uh, a suicide problem. We had like a, I remember my armor, um, he ended up taking his own life, like after six months of me being the flea and stuff. And, uh, sometimes it's, it's unpredictable, you know, you never know your brothers left to right, you know, they're cool as fuck with you. Um, but you never know what they're going through behind closed doors, you know, and sometimes you always got to, uh, check on it, uh, make sure it's good. Um, and I remember even myself too, when I first hit the fleet, I was super depressed too, because of what we're going through and stuff. I even thought about UA one time and I didn't, um, do it because I did so good at field off, but I was playing on it and luckily I did it. And that's why I ended up keeping staying in the unit and I just ended up accepting it. Um, but going back to the whole suicide thing, I always tell everybody as, not not revoking your man card and stuff. I always try to make it known to others, like, and I even told my buddies too, like, no, like, no revoking my man card at that. But I always tell every brother we come across from the Marines and stuff that I always love them and they're always going to be loved no matter what because I feel like that word is never passed along to each other in the way it's not like like you know like love me more like like I care about you you mean a lot to me in my life brother you know that type of stuff and I think that should be spread uh, mostly amongst each other's. No matter what, you can save someone's life not knowing how much uh, they needed to hear that, you know? What was making you want to go UA? Uh, it's just, just be away from home, uh, sucking 20 ounce palms. Well, I I think 20 ounce palms is kind of not an asset, but, you know, just being there. Um, just, so, like, not just getting hazed. Like, hazing was a like, big thing, too. I feel like I was adapting that uh, as well, the getting to as well. Um, I remember doing nine lines and shit and they were coming and they were freaking like punch us in the crotch or just freaking breaking into our rooms like late night three four in the morning drunk as fuck working us up making us do stupid shit you know what i mean um but it's just like i said it's part of tradition i'm certainly got his worst and stuff but that right there says i wasn't really uh so it was more physical i guess you would say and i didn't know i honestly thought i was gonna get like fucked up pretty bad and um i just miss being at home at the moment and i miss just being free and I just was getting depressed about it because now, you know, all my buddies were getting fucking like the same boat as me, but I just was getting depressed about it because, um, I did, I didn't know how to handle it at first. You know what I mean? I didn't know how to handle it. And I was ready to take my bags off. Or I was ready to pack my bag and just go, go, go leave one weekend and not come back, you know? And, but I ended up sucking it through and it was the best decision I made, you know? Like, I'm glad I didn't do that and I'm glad I sucked it through. Yeah. So it sounds like eventually uh, you got on track. Yeah, I got on track. I, because um, it was just like a shock, you know what I mean? Like, especially if you're not used to, especially us like young Marines who just hit the fleet, not used to it, um, going through a lot of shit, you know what I mean? Being a boot, you know what I mean? It's just like, it sucks, you know what I mean? But everybody goes through it at least one time, you know what I mean? Everybody goes through it. I guess nobody gets free passes and stuff, you know? We have to, earn our way up, you know, we got to show that we're stronger. And that way they do it um, is to make sure that we're just stronger. If we go combat stuff, they want to make sure that, um, they want to make sure that we don't freeze up. We're used to pressure and stuff. And that's what makes sense to me now, you know? It's a shitty way that we get hazed and some people uh, can't handle it and they drop off, you know what I mean? But it's a way, I guess, for you to handle pressure and get used to uh, some of the shitty stuff of life or to the suck, I guess you would say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, did you deploy with your unit? Yeah. Uh, so it's funny because we're supposed to go to, I think, Iraq at first. Yeah, I think to Iraq at first. And 
I it's, it's a weird thing because you know I'm uh I believe in God, but there's some religious stuff, so I'm still questioning about it. Um, but it's a weird thing because I remember I told my mom about it, and she went to church and she had a prayer group, and I, I it was weird. You know, she had a prayer group. She told me she called me one day. She meet all over. Over went to church. I went to church. I prayed for you with like like uh, with other people at church and stuff to make sure things will make sure God will be with you or or whatever happens. And then next thing we got changed to have gas said. And I think she did that shit again. She prayed group. And now we got changed to a mute. You know what I mean? So we got changed to a mute. Um, and I think one reason why they put us on mute because our seniors, our senior Marines before us got pretty messed up from Afghanistan. That's also what leads to a lot of suicides, in my opinion. Um, and I think that's why they put on mute because they were like, okay, all right, all right, they got pretty fucked up. It's time to kind of help them out, not give them too much intense stuff like like they were before. You know what I mean? Well, when you say mute, because you could be on a mew and go on a combat mew. It could go on a combat mew. Yes, correct. Yeah. But we, they call it boost cruise, which I can see why it's a boost cruise. You know what I mean? But we went to, uh, instead of going to anywhere near combat, we went to Japan, Thailand, Singapore, Philippines, and Australia. And then Japan, Okinawa, and obviously went to Mount Fuji was pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Talk to me about your experience uh, visiting all these different places. Oh, man, dude. So um, training was awesome. Um, it, it was so cool to um, train with people outside of the culture. You know what I mean? Um, being from a small town and stuff, you don't really think what's out there, you know? And you have this ignorant small mind um, uh, like of, of like what's in your small town or that little bubble you're living in, you know? And going outside... Going outside the country and, and see how people live and see how people live life, it just changes you. You know what I mean? Um, I was all about this whole, like, uh, brown pride, meme, uh, how to be Hispanic first, Rasen Rono, stuff like that. And no, don't be wrong. I'm still about stuff like that, but I'm all about equal with everybody else as well, too. You know what I mean? We all go out on struggles no matter what you are. Um, but going to, like, Philippines and Thailand and seeing people, like, um, keep, like, just having nothing and being happy with the little things they have and taking care of each other. It just makes me happy for other cultures too. And makes me want to accept everybody too, as the way they are, you know what I mean? Um, and then that's, that's just from the other aspect, the other aspect of having, going on, going on these muse, getting to liberal ports, having us, uh, spending like what, two months, two or three months in the field. And then having a couple of days to go fucking party and go rage in these little small towns. That's small towns, but Thai B, Thailand, uh, Surabaya, Philippines, Australia. It was pretty wild. Like, we were in Thailand. Uh, like, we we have a group of friends, and they see some guy like, hey, come check this little club bar out. And we go in there and stuff. And next thing you knew, I've seen this literally fucking popping ping pong balls after a little crotch and shit. And motherfuckers out there trying to catch up with the cup, you know what I mean? Or, or the worst is like, well, not worse, but I think it's funny. So it's just interesting. You know, I mean, it's so interesting watching it. I'm like, wow, I can't believe like the human body could do shit like that. Uh, I see a lady pull up razor blades out and stuff. And I'm like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Or, or I remember watching my friends convince me to hold a balloon over my head. So I hold a balloon over my head and this lady, like, she just wearing no bottoms and shit, pure, bearing, uh, P word and stuff, you know, uh, pussy. And I fucking say, who cares? Um, uh, Anyways, puts the freaking the blow dart in her in her crotch, you know what I mean? And I'm holding this shit over my head, and I'm like, I'm gonna get fucking STD if this shit hits my eye, or my eyes are gonna get STD, you know what I mean? But I end up holding this shit in my head, and she got good age. She pops the blue over my head and stuff, you know what I mean? And I was like, whoa. It was just so, like, mind-blowing to see this shit, you know? It was like, I was doing shooting people on balls on our dicks or some shit, you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. 
Like it was crazy, and just um, yeah, and and just and it's just like especially different cultures. It was so fun, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's some crazy parts. Like for example, we went to the Philippines, and uh, I remember getting off the boat in the Philippines, and you see like a Filipino local who has like a blue hair, blonde up, uh, bl- uh, no, not blue hair, uh, blue eyes, blonde hair, baby. And uh, she's carrying it in deck. I think she's looking for the father to come off the boat because I'm assuming someone came by, monster got pregnant, and she wanted to uh, keep the baby or just find like that, hap- like be rehomed to uh, America. Because somebody said, uh, somebody told us that, uh, like, you know, they act like prostitutes in the Philippines, and rather it's a bunch of females who will, uh, who will get together or go to Sube, go over report the Marines are coming from, or Navy people or any military, and try and find a next husband. Yeah, unfortunately, it's kind of sad, but yeah, but they say like a lot of females in the Philippines still will try for a husband and hoping they will take him back, which is funny because I remember um, we go to some random bar or club and you'll see these cornbread motherfuckers from like Bumtuck, Kentucky, middle of nowhere, probably like 40 classmates in a graduation class who's never been around girls just getting so excited over some chick that like some being around girl stuff, you know, and and they're already trying to propose to them or making out with them and stuff on the dance floor. It's so wild, you know what I mean? So Philippines was cool. Um, I remember they give us hazard pay because I guess they have terrorist groups out there. Uh, surprising, there's a terrorist group called MILF, you know, so as I write the name is. There was definitely no MILFs out there, not a terrorist group, all dudes and stuff. Um, so I, I remember um, we'd be in Crow Valley. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's desert and stuff. And... There's a lot of native people around our training base too that live in huts. They live in huts and stuff, and um, you will see dogs. I think some of them have pet dogs, or I don't know if they're wild dogs or part of the, of the neighborhood. It's like Mexico. You see the wild dogs running around and stuff. You know, the one that belonged to somebody. Uh, and I remember um, because I was in Cat Platoon for Weapons Company 27 Cat 1, um, I remember there was, a, so there was a machine gun range, and I think it was like a, I don't know what kind of dogs would be a golden retriever. But I don't know, maybe two seven members of stuff. Um, I guess like the dog on the on the range while they're shooting the machine guns. And I'm sure so they will say it's an accident. But you know, when you see something you get a chance to kill and stuff, especially as not human, I'm sure some of my would go for it, you know. Um and I remember uh hearing about it. I wasn't there for the range because I was standing post, but I remember they brought me back chicken or I thought it was chicken and stuff, you know what I mean? And, oh wait, well, so what happened? Somebody shot a dog? Yeah, so spirit, so what happened was I guess the dog on got on the uh, on the on the field and uh on the on the range and someone shot it and the and so and one of the Filipino like uh Marines was like, Well, whatever you hunt, you have to eat it, right? So they ended up putting the dog and made all of us like in our in our platoon to eat the dog and stuff, you know what I mean? And I remember like I was saying post and I remember someone gave me that dog, I forget who it was, gave me like a I thought it was chicken at first, it tastes like chicken, you know? And then it turns out it was dog. Which kind of tastes like chicken. It wasn't that bad. I guess it depends how you cook it, but if you don't think about it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wow, man. Um, Any other stories from your view? I went to Australia. uh, We were drinking, having fun, had a great time. I ended up kind of like sort of blacking out a little bit. And I remember, um, I remember going to back to my, I think it's, what's it called? It's, uh, not a spa bay, but it's like a birthing area, something like that. You know, we have like the coffin racks and stuff. I remember I was the top coffin rack, and one of my friends, such an idiot, she threw a bleach on me, and I, I wasn't wearing Tony's or my shorts, and I was drugged and not realized that. I took my shorts off, 
and I was wearing anything, so I'm kind of like sort of butt naked on my okay, not sort of pretty much was butt naked on my on my rack, and um, but I had bleach on me and shit, and I was I didn't know, so halfway asleep, halfway blacked out. I remember fucking um, he got an axe spray bottle and had a ladder and was like trying to light me on fire, like light, light my he kind of lit the curtain on fire a little bit and then trying to light me on fire. Uh, I know someone has it on video somewhere, um, and I just wasn't. Like I, it kind of sort of woke me up. You know, the state I was in from being blacked out, I guess, or too drunk. Where I didn't know what it was. I started swinging. I swing on the wrong person. I swing on my buddy, um, and then he swung on me back. And I just got out of my brain right butt naked, with my little dingling flopping out everywhere and shit. Um, trying to swing by everybody butt naked and shit. And yeah, I got taken out pretty what pretty bad. Um, but yeah, it was wild. They trying to light me on fire. I tried to fight everybody butt naked and. Next thing you knew it, um, I just woke up all with the fat lip and shit. What's the least something covering my private part, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, how many deployments did you do? So I two. 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 So the first one, you, like I said, I mentioned earlier, Thailand, Singapore, Philippines, uh, Okinawa was our main area we we're at, and then uh, Fuji. Second time was um, with, I went to an LAV unit. They were attached to 27 LER, 3 LER, shout out to them. Um, we were same thing was we're Okinawa, Japan, Philippines, and Australia for that one. Yeah, and the other half went to North Korea. The other half went North, oh, not North Korea, South Korea, and the other half went to Australia. Um, and LEV, LER experience was pretty badass too. Now, did you guys ever while you're on ship, um, pass the equator? Did you do that? Yeah, oh my god, yeah, I forgot about that. Good shit, dude. Uh, what's the name of it? It was something, the shellback or something like that, you know? You go from being a polywog to a shellback. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, and I have a scar on my elbow from it, too. Well, I'll tell you that in a second, but I remember doing all that. It was just pretty much like, I guess, we're good, like, you feel like you're going to Tunnel Bay and getting waterboarded by everybody, every Navy person who got their shell back and stuff. I remember I was the first one to complete it. And since there was nobody, uh, nobody was done with theirs, I, I don't know how I ended up being first. Uh, I remember I was taking a shower. I went to my birthday. I had a towel and stuff, and I went to go take a shower. And I came back, and I slipped on water and busted my elbow. I don't have a scar somewhere here. Fuck. I have a scar like, on my elbow somewhere. You can probably see it. I can't see it. I don't know. I have a scar from from just from that old show back yesterday. I me slipping on water and busting my elbow butt naked again too. I don't know why shit. I assume I'm naked and shit, but yeah. Do you remember uh, some of the stuff you had to do? Uh, that day to become a shellback? Uh, it was just like a fucking obstacle. I remember it was like, you got low curl through water. My friend was hoses trying to hose you down and shit. Um, it felt like a freaking like a Halloween haunted house maze or some shit, you know, but it was water. You know what I mean? Um, I don't remember too much in the detail. I just remember the thing. It's like, it's like a mix of like being a quarter like a boot camp and also with water. You know what I mean? And then low crawling your way out. Um, getting wet, all that crazy stuff, you know. Transitioning, um, it was interesting, you know. I had a a big downfall, and you know, I thought life was gonna be good. I can't wait to get out, you know what I mean. And um, I I remember the first month, the first or second month of being out, I was going downhill. I wrecked my car, I got my phone stolen. Um, I I was getting lost, and I was by myself in California. You know, I had no friends. I had a buddy I supposed to see here and there, but that's about it. Um, but I was, it was kind of sort of depressing, you know what I mean? But I still try to walk, match through it and stuff, you know, and it, those, those were like, the, 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 the car, I was supposed to go to the ED, EDC concert. I wrecked my car and I sold my tickets. So I couldn't do that. I didn't have a car for a while. My, my cell phone got stolen. So, but I was still moving on kind of like 
time, we call it going forward, trying not to let it affect me and stuff. But what really affected me was when I went home to visit my parents in Oregon. I went to like a wedding and um, I was towards the end of July 2012. And I remember um, I got super wasted at night. I wanted to go see somebody. I, I went home to my uh, parents' house and I remember uh, some chick was starting to hit me up to go see her. And um, and I was pretty wasted. And, and my, I actually had parents didn't want me to drink and drive, which I appreciate them for stopping me. Um, and I just threw a giant tantrum and I just didn't have to react to it because I was so angry that, that I'm, I'm out of the military. I can't live my fucking life. I'm getting baby stilled. And um, I remember I just got out of control that night. You know, I got super out of control. I had a big ego for my cheese bell, you know what I mean? I had so much pride in me to like uh to feel I was getting controlled and stuff, you know. And I remember um I remember freaking it was so bad my mom had to cost because I was saying shit that like I was being a man possessed in a way. But it was this style called talking, maybe just from the from the masculine testosterone build up from the military that's been holding it for a while. Uh I remember do you remember some of the things you were saying? Yeah, dude, I, I kind of, uh, and I'm sorry, mom, if you see this, you know, and I'm so, uh, this is in the past. I'm so glad I was very hatchet with you with this. Um, I just, I was upset that I was angry that my parents didn't let me walk it off because once I was trying to walk it off before the military, I almost got chased. Uh, but so my mom had a fear that someone's going to chase me down the street. Um, and just, I don't know, try to, uh, kidnap me, I don't know, or just attack me, which almost happened to me. And, um, but for me, I was to handle some of myself because, like, like I used to love fighting back then. I was a big into fighting and all that stuff, um, like street fighting. Though it's not like the bar fights, all that stuff too, you know. But, uh, but I remember freaking, uh, I said some shit to my mom that I wasn't proud of, you know. I mean, she, when she didn't let me walk and shit, I was so angry and I just cussed her out. And I remember trying uh, to say, "Oh, I remember her calling the cops," and I was so upset. She called the uh, called the cops. I'm getting all shaky about it. <laughs> I remember, um, I remember she, I was getting upset that she called the cops on me and stuff. And it sucks that the police station is like literally like down the street from me. So cops show up in my place within a few minutes and I fucking got, I got tased. I got uh, tased, but since I had so much adrenaline through my head, I remember, and I was a big buff dude too. Like I was so huge and shit. <clears throat> I remember getting tased and I felt like Eddie had felt me. I, I remember getting tased and it was like slow motion too. You know what I mean? Well, first of all, let me use this part first. I was so upset what happened to me and, and all that shit, especially car uh car again, uh uh especially car getting wrecked, all that shit, and my phone getting stolen, all that stuff. I think all that shit and being lonely and all the pressure, I being on my own side, it just fucking hit me at once on top of this drug thing. Where I just wanted to uh I was already taking my life that night, you know what I mean? And I'm sorry for uh if I had to see this shit. I was trying to plan to take myself out. By through a suicide through a cop, um, the it was a female cop had a taser out, and I remember thought she had a gun, you know, and I had my shirt off too, and I was like, shoot me in the fucking head, you fucking bitch, you know what I mean? Like say all this crazy nonsense that I would never say to this day, and I remember getting tased, and uh, I it was like, oh shit, it's not a bullet, but I remember getting tased, but also it was like so slow motion. You're gonna fight like slow motion, all that drilling. But when I got tased, it just like vibrated. Like I was like in my head, like what the hell is like taste get feels like, you know, getting feel like. Um, and to the point where the cops are tasting again from the back. And then I remember like locking up and going sideways and shit. Um, but I remember they put handcuffs on me. Um I remember the one that put a freaking knee in my ear. 
and rip my other earring off. This is where we're fake earrings now because expensive ones they always get lost from stupidness and like that. Um, and I remember going getting rested that night, going to jail, <laughs> going to jail and stuff. And they had to put me into like a holding cell because I was so out of control. You know, they couldn't control me. I was trying to fight everybody. I was trying to fight all the cops, all that stuff. And um, yeah, and because of that, I hit really rock bottom. I hit like super downhill. I was stuck in a hole of depression. They put me straight into this uh, small room, you know? It was like, I feel like I was talking to find but there's light. It was super small. I'm by myself. Um, and I just remember summing up in there, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing, you know? I remember praying, I remember getting on my knees, and I'm praying to God crying, like, I hope to God never go like this ever again, you know? And he came my life together and shit. And, um, I, yeah, I was just like, I couldn't believe what I did. I can't believe what happened, you know? And I remember mom bailing me out that night, you know, to get, get out, even though she called the cops and, um, and, and I remember going to court, the court hearing, I had to get like attorney. I, I'd, I'd be stuck in Oregon for like another month and I was ready to go back to California because I was over it. You know what I mean? Um, and I remember one of the things that we did for court was I had to go get, um, like a counseling program for not just my hangar belt. Cause I guess I was drinking because it was, cause I was drunk that night, you know, um, they turned me for like a salt four and uh if it was police support it's something else I don't remember. Uh Colonel Mission. I don't remember what it was. It was something stupid. And um I remember like like I had to go to uh come back to California, go to the VA, go get help, and then and and do like a course for a year of make sure that I'm good and have a doctor sign off on it, you know, make sure like oh my anger is good. Um because I used to be I used to have a big short fuse back then and uh that I wasn't drinking or anything like that for a year, you know, which I did. Um, I did that program and I had a doctor who helped me so much, Dr. Bandek. Um, hope he's still here. I hope he sees this too. Um, he means a lot. Thank you for that. Um, anyway, so I completed the program stuff and it was a year, you know, it was a year I gave myself back up again. You know, it was tough getting out of the deep hole. I remember uh, coming back home and I was depressed. I was super depressed as hell. I couldn't fall asleep at night. Um, and I had to go to the VA and get help for, for to join that program at first. And I remember every time I come so late because I'll 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 fall asleep I'll fall asleep super late, wake up super late. And the lady was like, "Oh, you need to come a little bit earlier." And even though I've been trying to go in earlier days before, I was like, I broke down on the floor and I uh, got on my knees and started crying to her. And I was like, I need help. You know, what I mean, I can't do this no more. Like, I'm not on the verge of killing myself, but I like. I had those, like, I, I didn't want to live life the way I was living. And I felt so unforgiving for my family at first, you know? And um, I remember they had to, um, they had to keep me in the VA for a couple of days, you know, for about a week, uh, two of my shoelaces, two of my belt, anything, you know, not suicide watch, but I'm sure it was like a procedure did with a lot of veterans who checked themselves in the VA for a while. Um, just until I get into that program for gain health for my, for my anger and um, like, like the the court recommended alcohol class, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and it, it was tough at first, you know, I was depressed. Um but and I remember every night I will I'll freaking walk to the gym thinking about myself or just I'll take walks to myself because I didn't have any friends until my I met my neighbors came super close friends with them, which I love them to this day so much. Uh they're really entourage, I always call them. Um but I remember just uh it took me a while to just get over that shit and a year, like once I completed that course and stuff, I remember 
uh, I thought it was over. I thought that I'm ready to move back on my life again. I was ready to get back on my feet, you know, and I, um, I remember freaking, uh, me and my mom were on a three-way call because she lives in Oregon and I had to fax a, a, a paper signed by Dr. Bandit that completed the courses. And when they called the courthouse, they, uh, they, they gave us a number and we faxed it and we thought it was over, you know what I mean? couple days later my mom calls me freaking out i was like hey, you got a warrant now i'm like a warrant like i just what do you mean i just i'm back to my normal life again like i completed what they want me to complete for court like what do you mean i'm a warrant you know what i mean i thought everything's over and it turns out when we call the clerk he gave us the wrong fast house number uh because mary county and salem salem is within mary county and instead of uh giving us the county courthouse number he gives us the city of salem courthouse number and he 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 was the wrong number, and because of that, they gave the issue uh, warrant because the Marin County Courthouse didn't receive it. And I, I was so like, I didn't know how to handle it, you know what I mean? But I can't live my life. I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna play here in California. Until I went home to Oregon to visit the family, and um, I remember driving driving down the street and stuff, and I'm getting pulled over. And uh, I remember I, went to, I, I saw the cops kind of turn around and chase my car, but then like pursue me, but. I saw him kind of turn around and went after me, sort of. But I pulled my cousin's uh, driveway, and I was like, fuck, dude, I got to hide in here, sort of, you know what I mean? And it turns out this idiot had a restaurant against his chick who they're living together with at the moment, fucking idiots. And um, and he was kind of deny- he was trying to die for me and stuff. And in reality, I was like, no, I don't want to give him trouble either because this isn't my responsibility, my fault. So I was like, I told my cousin, I was like, you know what? Let me turn my, this is me. I'm going to handle this shit, and I'll give myself up, you know what I mean? Because it's not worth for other people get in trouble for something that they have nothing to do with, you know? Um, because of that, they put me, they locked me up for almost like a week and a half, almost two weeks at Marion County with no bell, which sucked ass, you know what I mean? Especially when you know you did everything right, you did the right thing, you're stuck there, and um, and you're you're still getting punished, you know what I mean? It was the most cheesiest feeling ever, especially like after I prayed, all that stuff, and Oh uh, yeah, I just get bored in there, and it just sucked, you know. And uh, the way they treat my court case and stuff, I was able during the hearing to explain how how I was uh, able to get that shit um, completed by by doing the doc, the recommended mandatory alcohol classes and all stuff they want me to do. And they're like, okay, we're here to record you stuff uh, because I said that, and I was pretty confident what I said. They were able to, I was able to beat my own case of that shit, you know. I was able to beat my own case, drop it. <clears throat> And because of that reason, that's the reason why I went to, I ended up going to paralegal school to become paralegal because I eventually wanted to help other veterans not go through the same path that I have. Also, if they go through bullshit, what I had to deal with, even though it's not their fault or after they thought they're good to go, I want to help them out too, you know, probably get a law eventually one day. Yeah, I think what I learned on myself and why I was depressed is, and I think a lot of military vets can relate to this, is because when you get on the Marine Corps, I know we don't want to get the fuck out. We're so excited for freedom. But our, but the brotherhood that we have with our friends and shit that we have in there, like that's pretty depressing because when you go through shit, they're not there for you. They're there like hundred miles away, and you want to call away. But sometimes people get caught up in their own lives and call you back, or um, basically make their own families, as well as um, just just uh, thinking how life is gonna be better and stuff. Reality ends up being shit, you know what I mean? And what what the incident I did that like getting arrested from my family trying to kill myself from them and stuff, you know, and um, it just, I felt like it was unforgiven for a minute. I carried like the weight of being unforgiven because I just showed my ass in front of everybody, you know what I mean? And, and it just, it's like, I, I just got in the military. I just should be proud of me. 
You know what I mean? And all that. And I'm over here fucking getting arrested for that. Trying to do something stupid for them. Take my own life. And all that stuff, you know? And it put me in deep, depressed hole. Or dark dark depression of hole. Or I don't know if I can reword it. Some type of hole. Not, you know what I mean? It's like a deep, dark hole of depression. There we go. It put me in, in that state for a while. And just trying to get out of the hole. And just freaking... um, And and just being lonely out here in California. Making, making a move of my own. Not going back home where I have friends and family. But being out here and starting my own life and starting all over again, it was another setback too, you know what I mean? But eventually it takes time for it to, um, for all the pieces to get together and find friends and, and, and go where you're at, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, you make a good point because yeah. military, you're never alone. You're, you wake nope. up with somebody, yeah. go to sleep with somebody. Right. Um, he, he, there's always an agenda for the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's all of that. It's like, if the whole unit is getting punched for some shit and you're you're not getting shit on. Your your buddies left the right get shit on too with you, you know what I mean? You guys you guys all like make up a bond brotherhood of, of getting shit on and all that shit and we're going through the military, you know what I mean? Um and yeah, dude, it's, it's, it, yeah, that's a, like a big thing. Like your battle buddies will be number one, you know? And that's why I always get excited when I see vets out in public. I'm all you're like I'm gonna be out like, oh you're in the race too, I was the race too, you know? Cause he's like, Oh shit, I can believe with somebody. And even with other people, other events to this day, uh, like other civilians will never understand what we go through or how we connect with other vets, you know? Um, I remember some being around civilians and they will kind of look just weird from the other vets or they're like, you guys are too much or shit like that. But you already just became best friends with like five minutes ago are the ones connecting with your dark humor, your alcoholism, your uh, your jokes, all that crazy shit, you know what I mean? The, my cheese milk, testosterone, all that crazy shit, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just something that, uh, it's like, I guess the way to say it too is also, um, it's, it's like when you go on the real road, it's something you want to look out there. It's something you're trying to find. You're trying to find that brotherhood, that camaraderie again, you know, that's why, uh, um, like now, like I, I, I always encourage other vets to do something. For example, I'm trying to train for pro wrestling, Lucha Libre, which is something I love a lot. You know what I mean? Um, grew up as a childhood dream. My heroes were cartoon or or Marvel or DC or not. that. My heroes were just pro wrestlers, like Stone Cold, The Rock, Hulk Hogan. And it's like, you hear like that, going back to the veteran thing, like you hear like the meme where it's like, when you hear like another, uh, you're at a bar and you hear like the other guy, like, oh, it was a Marine Corps Army and you're like Hulk Hogan, you one of these, you know what I mean? Uh, but it's just, uh, I always want to do that after the military. And I told like the, the I have some couple brings like, I remember talk, uh, they were there in the, what was it the career advisor guy? Uh, I asked him, what do you want to do? And I remember, I was like, oh, I want to be a pro wrestler and go to pro wrestling school, you know what I mean? But uh, just because of the whole setback, uh, being out of the military, that kind of set it back a lot, you know what I mean? I didn't have time to do anything like that. And um, and just being like in, like being in the corporate role, then the older I get to, the more I'm getting like too old. I'm like, I need to pursue a childhood dream, you know what I mean? And that's why I got to um, pro wrestling, because I think I want to do this shit before, before I get too old and not able to do it. You know, I really wish about the twenties not, not uh trying to not not get into it. Now now that I'm at thirties, let me fully get involved into it. You know what I mean? And there's a uh, my trainer little Cholo, he's a guy's cool as hell, you know what I mean? Uh and uh the Lucha homies, they're like from M T V Lucha Underground, you know what I mean? There's some good trainers, mentors, um, and they're like a family. Like, I swear, like they're the closest thing one of the closest things other than military that I have like the camaraderie brotherhood with, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, we're going to get ready to wrap it up. Okay. Um, any last words? Uh, yes. Um, 
One thing I do want to mention is uh, to all fellow veterans is mental is number one. You know what I mean? They're always help, dude. Like, don't be, don't, don't think you're too much of a man to give a call to your buddy and this and that, you know, like if you're going through shit, call somebody, you know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> call somebody. Uh, I know during pandemic, I had a, a terrible breakdown kind of, you know, and I had, uh, I had some, I had like a, a someone who was dancing at the moment who helped me a lot, uh, told me that. That either the game ultimate if either I do therapy or or is or the relationship is over. And especially your pandemic, where are you gonna go? You have nowhere to go by yourself, you know. And I discovered a C Cohen program, you know. At first I didn't want to do therapy because I didn't think I was like, oh, I just need somebody telling me what my feelings are and stuff. And then when I got through therapy, it was the best fucking thing ever. Best thing ever. I still do it every other week, you know. Um, even my therapy session are super short, so that's what you talk about just how happy I am, you know. Um, and it feels good because you start learning more about yourself that way too. You know, you learn more about yourself, um, as, as well as they're very, like, they want to help veterans like us too. Steve Cohen program, it's a good program. You guys should look into it. Uh, I think her name was Hannah that helped me out and saved my life too, as well from other breakout I had from the pandemic. Um, and as well as it's, it's, it's like, who gives a fuck about the machis bullshit, all that stuff, the man card, just do what makes you feel better as well too. You know what I mean? Do whatever makes you feel great. What makes you happy? Keep it going. You know, if you get depressed and stuff, like start rethinking. Like, why? Why am I depressed? What? Uh, another good example is like people are stuck in small towns. They never leave their small towns. They're stuck there. Go fuck be in a small town. Go outside. Travel the fucking world. Maybe discover a new girl. If you if you stuck with a toxic dead end girlfriend and shit, what? And you think that's the only thing for you because you have kids? No, dude. Go out there. Just explore more out there. You just is at the end of the road. Make yourself happy. Your mental health awareness is number one. And one last thing that when uh they know if I love all my uh fellow brothers, military, Marine Corps, Army, even my civilian friends, everybody, you know what I mean? Um just uh is it's it's not it's not I would call it do not it's not gonna revoke your man card if you tell your friends you love them left and right. I was told uh, all my all all my uh friends, military vets, all my brothers I still love them today, even regular friends, you know, to make sure that they know they're uh, that somebody cares for them and all that stuff. Uh, and another good thing, the last advice I want to give to you before we end this is uh, find a group, group of friends that you stick with too. For example, my best friends, uh, two of them are attorneys. One is a, is a flight uh, pilot and stuff. And they've helped me so much. It helped me grow to a better person as well. You know, when you start hailing people who are successful, um, it makes you want to do better for yourself too and be on their level. And then you build a family bond with them too. That's another like, group of people who have good camaraderie. Then, and my first neighbors at Beverly Entourage, on Long Beach and I love all you guys and everybody I love my family as well too so big shout out to all you guys and and check out Urban Valley this is a good thing for you guys thanks well I appreciate you being here brother I appreciate my thank you appreciate it push it to the limit I can't go no more